It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hello. We have a good one for you, of course. It's the history of Big Thunder Mountain, I think. And it's a Terran show. It is. So, uh, just it's information that I'm giving you. Do whatever you want with it. I'm going to tell you right now, it is going to be a good show. Yeah? I'm very confident in it. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. We're I, judging you. You should. I, I think a, you guys are going to enjoy it a lot. I have a special panel of judges here. Always. Yeah. At the end, I'll tell you if it's fine or if it's fine. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Please do. Bro. Don't. You know what? <laughs> Jason, hold on. Okay, yeah. so we're, we're going to jump into this. Jason. Can you understand me being cautious of what I say to a woman who's not my wife about their appearance to make sure that I can compliment them, but also not come across creepy? Does that make sense? It makes sense, but I think you are overly cautious for no reason. Like, why, why, would, you be, why would you be afraid of coming across creepy to a friend? Because I've had friends that come across creepy to me, and it's creepy. <laughs> well, you must have creepy friends. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. One of them, you know, is married to a person drinking a White Claw on camera right now. <laughs> and it is what it is. I was like, me? Yeah, I, I, that's what I was like, Bev, she's not creepy at all. <laughs> I don't Thank know. You. I I feel like uh, I I don't know, man. I have no idea. There's there's too much going on in the world for me to care. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, but what's wrong with the world today? Well, everything. I don't know. Sure, man. Um, <laughs> creepy. I don't know. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what did you say? Well, I Taryn was saying I. I I hope it's now fine. I'm second guessing myself this again. Is fine. So Taryn was like, I'm not wearing makeup. I normally put makeup on for this show, blah, blah, blah. I said, you look yeah. fine. And then I said, well, I mean, I'm not saying that you look fine. I'm just saying you look fine. Which and, was actually more offensive, which I is, felt, than yeah. just saying. It's an unnecessary <laughs> distinction. Yeah, it's definitely well, a, like, a like, backhanded compliment. <laughs> like, no, you can't be like that. You can't be that dude. No one's asking you to be Martin about it. <laughs> But That's I feel true. like you could have just said, "No, you look fine, man. Don't worry about it." But you, but okay. but in order, or are we the 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 point where you had to clarify? That's when it was weird. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm just gonna say what I say and let it be. There you go. Hey, Y'all man, make your own opinions of me. That was my favorite Kiss song. Let it be. <laughs> let it be. Let it be. Let like it kiss? be. Let yeah. I thought those were Rolling Stones. No, man. You, you, do you? I thought you were a music a musican. I guess not. I thought you were singing "Let not. It Go." No, definitely. Oh, I don't know what the hell is going on right now. Yeah, don't worry about it. Before we get to the show, which is of course history of Big Thunder Mountain, I lit- legitimately forgot about for a second. Uh, find us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. We're getting some uh, some some followers, some conversation going, which is kind of fun. So check us out over there. Uh, feedback goes to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Show suggestions or uh, booking suggestions, and you know, preferably with contact information. That would be really great. Uh, that goes to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi, hi. to Bev. You did it. And I anything it. else comes to me, I Jason, earsup-podcast.com. Um, before we go any further, I want to let you guys know that Concierge is still there for you. 
So if you're one of these people, these freaks who are trying to go to the parks, uh, don't book on, on your own. Don't even think about going to another travel person. You go to Conti Ears. Our friends over there uh, will help you plan your vacation the right way. And especially now, I think it really pays to have uh, some sort of experts on your side talking you through the things because there's a lot of information that Disney's even going through just you know now. They've already announced some things, but uh, I know things are sort of fluid and changing as the states um, you know, deem it necessary. So uh, anyway, check them out. Conti Ears, um, they, will, they will help you do all your bookings, any re- reservations. I don't even really know what you can do in the parks right now. So uh, <laughs> if you don't know either, don't go on the Disney Parks blog. They don't know anything either. Everything's just a sales pitch. So go to concierge.com. They will definitely help you out. Um, Karen, do we have feedback today? No, we don't, huh. unfortunately. That's cool. I mean, I guess that's fine, but I like when people write to us. Yeah, I like feedback. I mean, feedback's fun. Except when it's bad feedback, then it's not as fun. But I don't know. I like it even more sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, if you want to support the show, Etsy.com slash shop slash ears. I know T-shirts from our printer are shipping, sort of. I don't think it's the 28 business days anymore. I think it's right around 20. So they're sort of like, <laughs> like tightening up their timeline. But what they're not letting me do is add new shirts. Which kind of sucks. So we have this the the really cool uh, you know design for the corn tiki room that I was going to put on a shirt, and I can't I can't I can't. So you know that's a little bit of a disappointment, and that's I guess just how either busy uh, our printer is or how cautious they're trying to be. So either way, I I I respect it. I appreciate it. It just it's kind of a bummer because uh, I'm really I'm really excited for these shirts. So check that out. But uh, if you really want to help support the show, excuse me, geez. Um, if you really want to help support the show, patreon.com slash ears up. Become a Patreon uh, member, a Patreon supporter, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, for as little as two bucks a month. Um, and then whenever you go a little bit higher than that, five or more, you start getting cool rewards. Uh, speaking of cool rewards, tonight is also the secret show. So if you are a Patreon supporter at the $5 level or more, uh, go to the Patreon page, and you can grab the link for The Secret Show, and you can join us about 9.30 here Pacific, and we're going to be drinking a drink and doing some Disney news and, you know, hopefully making fun of all kinds of people, which is my favorite thing to do. Uh, We have a few updates. So the Supreme Resort is out with a new episode of Cash Grab, where Jimmy and James... Um, along with their friend Audrey, watch and review every single straight-to-video Disney flick, which sounds terrible. Like, I don't know why they decided to do this to themselves, but they did. So you can check that out. That released today. Uh, Banter, Besker, and Bantha Milk podcast, they have a new app now, so go find them. Uh, Rob over there at Bantha Milk uh, is working on a new website. So they uh, have, well, they have a website now. It's BanthaMilkPodcast.com, I think is what it is. So you can check mm-hmm. that out. It's you know definitely a work in progress, a lot like our website was <laughs> when it first launched. But um, yeah. it's a cool way to you know get in touch with the boys and see what's going on over there. <laughs> Bless you. You okay? You're I've making, been waiting for that to happen. I was so like, many noises over there. I am? Corona. Yeah, well, I was right? trying not to. Yeah, I just had a tickle, and I was yeah. like, I can't do a show with a tickle. So no. I'm glad that that happened. Yeah, so me we're too. Done. I am too. Um, speaking of the Supreme Resort, our friend Jimmy is going to downtown Disney on July 9th when it opens. And I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I don't know why either. But... 
I think what we're going to try to do is do a call-in uh, sesh where we just talk to him. Um, and I haven't really mentioned it or thought about it even until like right now. So if you guys want to join, uh, you know, you can obviously. But I, I just, I don't know. I'll probably uh, record it and, and release it as like a little standalone thing, and just to see what it's actually like down there. If people are paying attention, anything, because I really think that's a good lit- litmus test for um, if they ever let Disneyland open. Which you know, spoiler alert for the news, they're not. By the way, <laughs> I also called it right here. Um, if Downtown Disney goes well. Then I think that's a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, relief for everybody trying to go to Disneyland, and and I'm just really concerned about the queues at Disneyland. That's where I think people are really going to tie up, and you know, when you're trying to maybe check out at Downtown Disney or or go into a shop and people are coming out, what do you do? That whole kind of uncomfortable uncomfortableness. So yeah. Anyway, we'll check all that out. Yeah, we're you said we're going to talk about that in the news, or uh, sure. Oh yeah. Cool. All right. Excellent. Uh, You know what else is open? The 21st Amendment. Uh, Sully just opened their uh, location in San Francisco at 563 2nd Street for the best in social distancing, uh, beer consumption, and dining. And, you know, if I know Sully, he's going to do it right over there. And I meant to call him today and see how it went today. But, uh, yeah, they opened up just now. I think there's maybe like 10 seating areas in the whole place because it's kind of a small a small spot if you've ever been there but uh they are open so things are slowly you know opening up there so if if you find yourself in san francisco you know maybe check that out if you're not in the area if you want to stay home or whatever please pick up some of their beer wherever you find it i think it's in like 30 states now uh the 21st amendment's cranking out some good beers and they're doing uh hard seltzer they're going to be soon so yeah you can check that out it's good stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, it is, actually. I had one the other day, and I was like, oh, for Father's Day. I was like, oh, okay, let's just drink this. I felt, 100 calories. Yeah, sure. It's great. And I felt like a class trader. It was weird. <laughs> All right. You guys want to do the show? Let's go. Okay, great. Oh, I don't know if I can wear these. Okay. What do you got? Taryn's got blue blockers. Yeah. it's It helps when I'm reading. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so... Before I start the show, I just want to tell you that I accidentally found the history of of uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I was actually looking up, so I started looking up this um, the the show right, and started you know you you start off at in uh, Wikipedia, and I was there, and it said something about Tony Baxter, and I was like. You know, we haven't reached out to that guy in a while. Let me look up his contact information. So I start Googling trying to find Tony Baxter contact information to try and get him on this show. And I found the most amazing story. And it turns out it's about Big Thunder Mountain. So I like it. The history of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is full of twists and turns, disappointments and heartache, resentment and longstanding grudges. Now, the history of the ride is, of course, based in fact, but along the way, you'll notice that we talk about how someone felt or why someone did something and why. And while there's no way for us to truly know how someone felt or why they do anything, these assumptions are based on fact, uh, represented here and are corroborated by many Imagineers during the time period. One thing I love about the history of this ride is that it plays out almost like an old Western, which fits almost magically with the aesthetic of the ride. For that reason, instead of calling this the history of Big Thunder Mountain, 
I'm calling this the tale of how Big Thunder Mountain Railroad came to be. All right. Even though Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Disneyland opened in 1979, our story begins in the early months of 1967, <laughs> when the Walt Disney Company was in a really weird spot. Walt, the patriarch of the company, had just passed away. And Roy, who prior to his brother's death had been planning on retiring, was now faced with a huge decision. Sell the company or stick with it. Build Walt Disney World or cut and run. Since Roy was also in mourning at the time and not a very public person, he didn't let anyone at the company in on what he was thinking. This, of course, led to lots of gossip, assumptions, and fear from the employees about what would be next for the company and especially what would happen to their jobs. One person who didn't seem phased by the rumors, or at least refused to care about them, was Mark Davis. Davis was one of the nine old men, and Walt referred to him as his renaissance man. Walt could ask anything of him, and Davis would figure it out. He was his right-hand man. And after Walt's death, Davis didn't care to listen to the noise going on around him. He just kept working. During this time, he worked on drawings for Haunted Mansion, Country Bears, and looked for ways to improve Pirates of the Caribbean. Even though Pirates of the Caribbean was a total success, Davis wasn't entirely happy with it. He especially had a problem with the first part of the ride. Right after the two drops, where you see the mounds of sand, bones, and a skeleton before the story of the ride begins, this area was sort of an afterthought. Since they were out of budget due to the large amount of audio animatronics and the fact that this was supposed to be a walkthrough, Imagineers had very little money left to decorate and design. Davis was highly praised for his design work in this area in particular, but he still didn't love it. He vowed that if an, op- if, he vowed that if an opportunity to ever do a Pirates-like ride came up, he would do it right this time. Then in August 1967, eight months after Walt Disney's death, Roy finally let everyone know that not only was he not going to be selling the company, but he was also greenlighting Walt's ambitious Florida project, Walt Disney World. Wait, so he was saying if he had a chance to do something like Pirates again, he would do it right? Yeah, because he, he wasn't a big fan of Pirates. The, 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 the one ride that everybody universally loves. Okay, yeah. got it. <laughs> Perfect. He, he thought it wasn't, he wasn't done up to his own personal standards, I guess. Okay. He was a lot like Walt. So Roy uh, gave the green light to Walt Disney World. And this was great news for all Imagineers. But Mark Davis was especially excited to hear that they'd been tasked with coming up with concepts for rides that would top anything in Anaheim. This, as Mark saw it, was his chance for personal redemption. Mark had a few ideas ready to go because three years earlier, he was working with Walt on some design concepts for a theme park in St. Louis on the Mississippi Riverfront. Due to its location, this theme park would, of course, have many water-based rides, and Mark still had these drawings in his drawer. Now, at the time, Pirates of the Caribbean, being a huge hit in Anaheim, had Disney thinking that they needed something similar in Walt Disney World, but they thought that the idea of pirates in Florida would be too familiar for the locals and not something that Floridians would get excited about. But they still needed a thrilling, big-capacity attraction. So one day, around this time, Mark rummaged through his desk drawer and pulled out a concept for Lewis and Clark-type ride that he had worked on with Walt called Western River Expedition. Jeez, can you imagine having a Lewis and Clark ride in this day and age? (laughs) No, (laughs) jeez. Come on. This would be a thrilling water-based ride that took guests through scenes of the American West with cowboys and Indians. Davis took his old concepts and revamped them, using all the skills that Imagineering had developed over the last few years, 
better audio animatronics, the idea of staging shows with music and humor, to come up with an attraction more ambitious than anything currently in Anaheim. But because he knew his concept might be difficult to sell to Disney executives, it would require a massive ride building, which would require a huge budget, he came up with responses and answers to all of their possible flaws that they might see in his design. This attraction would require a massive building. Davis thought, well, it could be a great theming opportunity. We could make it a mountain or something. Well, with a building this size, we'd have to reroute the railroad. Oh, no, no, no. Have the railroad track go through the building. Well, with a, with a building this size, you'll be able to see it from the other side of the park. Oh, no, see, I've got that covered. We'll make it so guests could go up to the top and use it as a lookout point. Well, if we build this attraction, we'll have to cut back on other attractions like Space Mountain to account for the cost. And we need Space Mountain. So we have a great thrill ride. Well, then let's make this the great thrill ride. Roy and the other executives were worried about the scope of this project as it was basically becoming a new land for Magic Kingdom, as opposed to just a ride. But Davis told them that he wanted to make something that would make Walt proud. And that statement clinched the deal. So what exactly was Mark Davis's idea? Davis's Walt Disney World expansion area, if that's what we can call it, was deemed Big Thunder Mesa because the four-story building would be disguised as a mesa coming up from the ground. And for those of you that don't know, uh, a mesa is a large, isolated, flat-topped hill in the middle of a surrounding plain. Mesa is a building on a plain. I had to Google that yeah. <laughs> to know what that was. That was my Jar Jar impression. Oh. I'm making a Jar Jar joke. Oh. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. As no, they... it wasn't. <laughs> no one asked you, Bev. So as they approached this uh, mesa, guests would have a couple of options. They could take a scenic trail to the top where they could shop for Native American clothing and jewelry, see Native American dances, or just take in the sky-high view of the Magic Kingdom. The second option was to ride the one runaway mine train. To do this, guests would follow a road around the mesa where they would end up in the Big Thunder Silver Mining Operation. They would climb up a climb up rickety old steps to the train platform where they would board the ore car for a scenic tour of the old mine. The ride would start off pretty easy and calm until the train of ore cars tried to make it up a steep hill. This is where the individual cars would become unhinged and fall backwards back down the hill, twisting and turning through dark caverns full of stalactites until an old crusty miner pulls an emergency brake and reattaches the cars and takes them back to the platform safe and sound. Now, this sounds an awful lot like the ride that we know today, but we'll get back to that. The third option in Big Thunder Mesa was to walk directly into a cave in the Mesa. This was the ride queue for the Western River Expedition, which was somewhat similar in nature to the Pirates of the Caribbean. You walked through the dark cave, and when you came out the other side, still in the ride queue, you'd be in the middle of a canyon at dusk with a river in the middle. You'd walk over a bridge to the boat loading area, the ride itself was basically Pirates of the Caribbean, except instead of pirates, it was cowboys. You ride calmly through a few scenes of, of general Western debauchery, bank robberies, dueling pianos, lots of drunk people and horses, until you end up getting stopped at the end by Mexican bandits who try to rob you at gunpoint. They tell you to hand over your belongings or it's over the falls for you which is where you notice that the river ends and your boat teeters for a moment before falling very quickly and steeply to the bottom. After the ride, of course, the guests exit through a souvenir shop. So this was his big idea. 
Now, Roy and Dick Irvine, executive vice president of WED, which is now Imagineering, thought the concept was pretty amazing and gave Davis the go-ahead to build the model. Once they saw the model, they seemed to understand more the extravagance of Bing Thunder Mesa and realized that the project would require all of WED's manpower. And they just couldn't allow all of their resources to be put into this one project. So they told Davis that it would definitely happen, but it couldn't be an opening day thing. They slated it to be a project to open within the first five years of operation. Not bad. That's a pretty good compromise. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good business decision. And Davis, while a little disappointed to have it not open on opening day, totally understood. He was still excited and thankful at the enthusiasm and encouragement that he received from Roy. But then, Roy died. Roy was particularly keen on the idea for Big Thunder Mesa, but without Roy, it was unclear what the future expansion of Walt Disney World would even look like, let alone whether there would be a desire to build high-cost attractions like Western River Expedition. What is it about when the Disney boys die, everyone suddenly goes, you know what we shouldn't do? <laughs> exactly what the people wanted when they died. Let's just exactly. let's just let's not even pay attention to what the direction that the successful company is going and all these ideas that we already have. Let's just change them because why not? Well, I wonder if it has to do with stocks. You know, one Stonks. of them di- one of them dies and the stocks go down and then But this is and but, then everybody panics and But then, I think that's why they I mean that's that's why, right? Because well, I mean, I don't know. In a perfect world, my idea would make sense, but if you just follow the last good leader then you know your people wouldn't freak out whenever you know someone kicks it. The the problem is is that you find historically whenever when Walt died and then when Roy died, the about the next three to four years, everyone asked the question, "What would Walt do or what would Roy do?" Instead of what should we do? And I think people just kind of freak out. And when you have this powerful person leading the charge, when they're gone, you're like, you know what? We don't know what to do anymore. Yeah, and you know what? That makes up a good point because I'm I'm sort of sick of of hearing people go, "What would Walt want? What would Walt want?" You know, he mean he he would want a scotch and a cigarette, like. <laughs> it, but you know, ultimately, he wanted to entertain. But everybody else is sort of on that same page. But just you know, trying to make a park the way that Walt wanted, but only on the surface, because the things that are coming out are just I don't know they're too either too focused or not family friendly enough like star like uh Star Wars land in my opinion um it's just you can't just say what would Walt want and then let's do something that what you want yeah i don't know they're sort of invoking Walt's name whenever they want to get someone on board on a on a project that's exactly what davis did exactly <laughs> i mean yeah. and it and it worked okay so Roy has passed away. They don't know what's going on. And in these in these early days of Walt Disney World, guest relations kept getting asked, where's that Pirates of the Caribbean ride? When they received the answer that it's in California and there are no plans to build it here, guests became more and more confused and irritated. Walt Disney World had so many of the same rides as Disneyland. Why not the pirate ride everyone's been talking about? Guests actually filed complaint forms and sent angry letters to the company. It was something that the company really did not anticipate. So Card Walker, he's the one that took over for Roy when Roy mm-hmm. died. Yeah. And Card did not like that there were complaints about this new theme park. So he made the decision that pirates would need to be built in Florida now. Now Imagineers pleaded with him, saying there is a similar, better ride in the works. Just wait. But he said no. People want pirates. We're giving them pirates. They already had the framework for the ride, and it would be easier to build, cheaper, and quicker. 
Davis, of course, was pretty upset, mostly because he wanted to make a ride that was better and more ambitious than the one in Anaheim, not less than, which is what the designs were showing. It was a tough time for Davis, and while concerned that Western River expansion may no longer be necessary for the park, he was still optimistic that it was going to happen. It was already publicly announced. Photos of the concept art were in public. And they had already started clearing the area for construction along the rivers of America. So, I mean, there was no reason to worry, right? Well, at this point, Davis had a few things working against him. America was throttled into a nationwide energy crisis, which had a huge impact on park attendance. Most people who visited the parks in these days drove. You know, that's when Monster Energy Drink was made. Was to respond to that, yeah. Because people were sort of like lethargic and the energy crisis. And some people just weren't motivated to do anything. Taryn. I go on, Taryn. I think this one had to do with oil. I don't think there's oil in Monster Energy. I, I know. Oh, okay. I think there is. <laughs> well, there might be. Uh, CBD oil, bro. Crush it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so most guests drove. And as the oil prices became sky high, people just couldn't afford to go out. Mm. It's kind of like now. <laughs> they certainly weren't taking trips to theme parks. This caused the executives to put a hard stop to any plans for park additions, including Big Thunder Mesa. Then, and even more of a problem for Davis, the Western genre was not the hot new thing anymore. And with a growing concern in America about the depiction of Native Americans, Davis's caricatures of cowboys and Indians were problematic at best. (laughs) The executives suggested scrapping the Western idea and instead putting in a new thrill ride. It was, however, only a suggestion, and the Imagineers laughed it off and kept working as much as they could. So at this same time, Tony Baxter, the young apprentice to Imagineer Cloud Coates, Claude Coates, sorry, was working in the model shop in Florida. And even as many engineers were being laid off, he escaped getting a pink slip with some help from Coates. Baxter was assigned to work with Davis on the Big Thunder Mesa models. This spry 25-year-old Baxter convinced the somewhat disgruntled Davis to allow him to work on some of the designs for the runaway train ride. So instead of just doing models, he kind of wanted to design stuff. He was moving his way up. Davis agreed, but he put many restrictions on Baxter to supposedly ensure that the second string ride wouldn't outshine the main attraction, Western River Expedition. Now Baxter took it on. He recycled some earlier designs from Claude Coates for the Rainbow Cavern and Mine Train through Nature's Wonderland to sort of jazz up the opening sequence of the ride that Davis had created. He was an eager young Imagineer, and even though he knew he was being given this great opportunity to help, he felt a little stifled by Davis's restrictions. Meanwhile, oil prices started to go down, and Disney executives started feeling a little bit more secure in starting projects back up. So they took a tour of the model shop in hopes of coming to uh, some decisions on the future of park expansion. The executive team was highly impressed with the models for Big Thunder Mesa and the Western River Expedition. They were beautifully done. And yet Baxter appeared to shrug off the compliments he was receiving on the incredible amount of work he put into his runaway train ride. What's the matter? Card Walker finally asked, don't you like the ride? No. Tony replied, I don't like it. Now, Baxter went on to explain that he thought the ride was missing a story and that it would be better served as a full-on thrill ride instead of all the action happening right before the end. Why isn't it exciting all the way through? He continued telling them of his ideas for atmospheric scenes like 
coyotes howling on high bluffs, dinosaur bones that stick out along the train's route, and a dramatic caved-in finale. Now, Walker seemed impressed with his concept, but he knew that there wouldn't be space or a desire for two thrilling rides in this area. So he told Baxter to draw it up, flush it out, and it could compete with Davis's Western River Expedition for the land. Yeah, nobody wants two thrilling rides in one area. How dare they? (laughs) Well, it probably just can't work. (laughs) I guess. I mean, you have two lines buttoned up against you. I don't know. Uh, So Baxter already had a leg up in this competition. Well, first, let me just set this scene in case in case it's not coming through. But you've got this young spry guy, 25-year-old, and then you have this guy who is – I don't know how old he was at this time, but he's in his 50s, maybe mid-50s. Yeah. He's one of the uh, nine old men. Mm-hmm. He's been there forever, and he's got this other guy talking to executives about how they he doesn't like their his idea, essentially. So that's kind of what's going on here. So Baxter already had a leg up in this competition because from Walker's point of view, Baxter's ride would have a relatively quick turnaround and could be built for about a third of the price of what Davis was planning. Davis was, of course, livid and took it personally that Baxter had undercut him to the executive team. Baxter apologized to Davis, but it fell on deaf ears. Walker now had to make a decision. He didn't want to build Davis's Western River Expedition. It didn't make sense economically. But the company had already announced the attraction inside and outside the company, and he didn't want to disappoint the public. So what do you do? Well, Walker did what any good executive faced with a difficult decision would do. He did nothing. He put the project on hold, so it never was officially canceled, but it was on hold indefinitely. Davis, still truly believing in his idea, did what any good artist would do. He took his idea elsewhere. Davis met with the folks in charge of Disneyland and did his best to convince them that his over-the-top ride should be at Disneyland. The folks in charge listened, and they even added it to the list of attractions considered for construction in the December 1974 issue of Backstage magazine. Now, why Davis thought that Walker would be okay with building the very thing he put on hold in Walt Disney World at Disneyland is anyone's guess. But if nothing else, his determination is to be admired. Now, Walker declined to build Western River Expedition in Disneyland. Davis was bummed. He was seeing his dream disappear. Of course, he continued working on many other projects, including adding animatronics to Disneyland's mine trains through nature's wonderland. And he worked on this project very hard until he found out that it was closing to make room for Tony Baxter's big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which Davis believed was pretty much a direct ripoff of his runaway mine train design. Now, sadly, that's where the story ends for these two Imagineers. According to folklore, Davis never got over this and never really liked Tony Baxter. Baxter was the new kid in town, and his ideas were now being spotlighted. Now, in some ways, this is a very sad story. We like to think that all Imagineers are best friends and they work together beautifully, but we're all human, and it is business. All artists have egos, and I honestly don't blame either one of them. I doubt from what I've read about Tony Baxter that he deliberately went behind Mark Davis's back to the executives. It was probably just an opportunity that came up. And Davis's idea, while amazing, just didn't take into account the economics of building an attraction of that magnitude. So no, Davis's prized ri- Western River Expedition was never built, but it did pave the way for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. 
And don't worry, Imagineers continue to use ideas from the Western River Expedition in several attractions in Epcot and even more in Disneyland Paris. So while his big grand idea didn't come to fruition, his concept did have a massive impact on future park additions. But let's get back to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. So even though it was given the green light, it had to get in line. Space Mountain was first on the docket at Disneyland, and it took all the manpower they could afford. So Big Thunder was delayed. This delay, however, was an actual blessing in disguise because during this time, computers were beginning to be used to design rides, which offered more concise designs and led to smoother rides. And Big Thunder was actually one of the first Disney rides to ever uh, be designed using CAD, so computer-aided drawings. The ride itself was designed by Tony Baxter and Bill Watkins, and I guess some could say Mark Davis, uh, and was built on the land that the mine train through Nature's Wonderland used to occupy. The Western Saloon, Hotel, a Sayers Office, and Mercantile that you see both when you're on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and in the queue are all part of the old village of Rainbow Ridge, which is used to, to which was used to overlook the loading platform for mine train through Nature's Wonderland. So they're reusing a lot of the stuff that they already had um, instead of just redoing all of it. So it was sort of a throwback to the old ride in a way. Also, several animatronic animals that you see on the ride are also repurposed from the previous attraction. And remember, these are animatronics that Mark Davis helped design. Now, the glowing pools of water next to the first cavern climb are homages to the Rainbow Caverns. And the balancing rocks are also recycled from the older ride. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad's ambiance and aesthetic is based on Bryce Canyon National Park in Utah. And Walt Disney World's uh, Paris and Tokyo's versions are based on Monument Valley in Arizona. Disney's ver- Disneyland's version opened in 1979 with, with Disney World's larger but otherwise similar version opening a year later in 1980. Now, if you remember, one of Baxter's issues with Davis's slower and less thrilling version of a runaway mine train was that it didn't have a story. So here is Baxter's story of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. In the late 1800s, gold was discovered on Big Thunder Mountain in the southwest. Suddenly, a small mining town, Rainbow Ridge, became a thriving one. Mining was prosperous, and and an extensive line of mine trains was set up to transport the mined gold. Unfortunately, this mountain was sacred to the local Native Americans, and any desecration to it was cursed. Before long, the settlers experienced a disaster. In Disneyland, it's an earthquake. In Walt Disney World, it's a flash flood. And in Tokyo, it's a tsunami. And the mines and town are abandoned. After this devastating event, the locomotives started running around the mines on their own, without engineers or a crew. Many years later, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad was open to the public to allow tourists to take one-of-a-kind rides on these possessed trains. That... I kind of I kind of wish I didn't know that because it sounds <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. But that is that is by and large the tale of how Big Thunder Mountain came to be. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of the story. But we do need to talk about just one more thing. Kidney stones. Okay. In the October best, best place to lose them, right? Yes. So In the October 2016 Journal of the American Osteopathic Association, a paper entitled, and please bear with me, Validation of a Functional Pilocalicial Renal Model for the Evaluation of Renal 
Calculi passage while riding a roller coaster. That's the name I of the paper. I wrote that article. <laughs> <laughs> it was published. The paper's author, Dr. Wardinger, found that, patient, that, that patients of his had passed kidney stones after riding Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Walt Disney World on vacation, including one who had passed three stones on three separate occasions. The doctor then tested the result with the permission of Disney with a 3D model of a kidney by riding the ride over 20 times. The study found nearly 70% of the time the kidney stone was passed, with results varying depending on which row they were in. But don't you pass kidney stones by peeing them out? Yes. So what do you strap a diaper on and just hit the hit the train? You pass kidney stones by peeing them out, but they also have a thing where they actually um, they can jostle it and try to break it apart so that it's easier to pass them. Yeah, okay. Mm. And so that's probably what they're talking about. So the study um, also found that Space Mountain and Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith did not have the same result. But that's just a good ride. I mean, Aerosmith aside, because they're awful. Uh, rock and Roller Coaster. <laughs> I love really Aerosmith. It is, uh, it, it is a good ride, but it's interesting that <laughs> only Big Thunder Mountain Railroad produced that result. That's yeah, sure. Odd. They whip them around. That's it. Yeah. That's, my, that's my history. Very good, Taryn. Thanks. I love oh, that. That was really fascinating. Yeah. I love that ride, man. Big Thunder is cool, but I, eh, as much as Tony Baxter wanted a story, I never knew any of that stuff. You don't get that from the queue. That's how Which I found it accidentally. What's that, Terrence? There's a goat. That's all I know about oh. that ride. There's a goat with dynamite in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, you know, a rattlesnake or whatever. And it's funny because you were talking about how Baxter thought it was actually kind of boring in the beginning. And everything only happens at the end. And that's still the way it is. <laughs> There's yeah. really nothing. Mm-hmm. That no, that's not true. What do you mean? Then what happens? You go up the hill and then it's a roller coaster. Although there, there's like the exploding room and stuff. Yeah, but that's at the end. No. That's yeah, like yeah. midway. No. It's midway. But I, I think he meant like the roller coaster. It's all like the whole roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Whereas Davis's ride was like like just a... So, yeah, but but I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I'm saying it sounded like Tony wanted more of a story to go along with the ride and, and some of that story, the storytelling elements he wanted to happen throughout the ride instead of at the end. And maybe I'm getting all that all wrong, but it just it seems like that still didn't happen. Like there's a goat. There's yeah. no like talking during that ride, right? No. Like I, I know there's music, but there's no like. No. There is that part where like the rocks shake and i guess that's supposed to be the earthquake and i vaguely remember there being some type of flood there's there's water at the one at walt disney world so that must go with that whole thing but Hmm. yeah i'm not saying he did a good job with that (laughs) story and to be honest with you who knows maybe the story was made up later I mean, I don't yeah. think so. Maybe he has an actual different story. Maybe that's not the real story. No, I would imagine uh, w- with with anything like this, you you write the backstory as you go, either as you go along or in the planning stages, because you need to have a purpose for things. It's just like writing a screenplay; is your character has to have a backstory, whether or not that's ever introduced in the in the in the movie or you know whatever you're writing. But that that backstory has to give justification for whatever that character does. So it's got to be. The same-ish loose yeah. thing, right? Well, I mean, the story itself is even kind of lame. Even if you knew that was the story, it's like, okay, so you're a tourist on a haunted 
train? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cool. <clears throat> there was an earthquake, and now the trains run by themselves. So climb on board. Yeah, it's just weird. And then they'll eventually stop. You're trusting spirits, and I don't really appreciate that. <laughs> I did. I did think it was weird that the uh, the mountain was uh, sacred Native American land. <laughs> like, yeah, that's uh, you know. Yeah, what are that's we in the not ho- translated at all. Yeah, what are we in the Hall of Presidents now? Like we're just reliving America's shame. <laughs> well, they desperately wanted it to be. I mean, it's frontier land, so they wanted it to be a, the Western theme, and with Western comes. Indians, but then they wanted yeah. to be sensitive to in to Native Americans, and it was just like this whole. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I was reading was like Indians, cowboys, and Indians, and I was like, oh, "This is no." <laughs> cowboys and indigenous people. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, man. I like that ride. In the chat, people were debating where uh, who was better, Tony Baxter or Joe Rody. Joe mm. Rody, and I think Hands it's Joe Rody. I mean, come on. What you know? What that's? I'm going to here. I'm going to text Jimmy right now, and I'm going to tell mm-hmm. them that that's got to be their next uh, Supreme Resort. Well, it's kind no. of like that's what struck yeah. me as so weird. Is I had never. No. Why not? Because we need to use that for the show. Okay, we're going to do that for we our show. Talk, we should do. We should do a the history like the like the top five Imagineers in the history of the Disneyland Resort or uh, the history of the Disney Company. We should do that. Okay, we'll we'll work something out because I guarantee you it's roadie all the way, all the way, hundred <laughs> percent. Pandora, what he did with that land, holy crap, man! Just Alani in and of itself, like just yes. the the amount of care. Anyway, we'll 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 go on that. Yeah, he wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Show's alert. over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that show's done. <laughs> show's done. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just thought it was interesting. I had never heard really a story of two Imagineers, sort of like getting into it you know and they didn't get into it like like, never resolving yeah that was what that's the weirdest part is that like you know mark davis died angry still at tony baxter and that's kind of why i had that part at the beginning because this obviously we don't know nobody i don't think asked mark davis like so do you hate tony baxter and even if they did i'm sure he didn't answer so like we don't know for sure but that's that's what it seems like at least (laughs) <laughs> yeah well you know don't forget Rolly Crump had the uh, um, that file on assholes I've known oh that's true so and I could say that um, so you know there were there were other Imagineers in there yeah that's just that's just the way it is man some things will never change well and, and what I didn't put into the story because I just it was getting too long <laughs> and there's too much is that yeah. like he didn't give up like he after he got denied Disneyland he tried to get it he tried to get uh, Mark Davis tried to get it in Tokyo. He tried to get it in Paris. Like he would not give up on this thing. So it's mm. actually it's very sad. But then also it's like, well, dude, if people keep saying no, maybe it's not a great idea. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, you guys want to do? There... Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I, I kind of answered my own question. I was like, well, why didn't you just sell it to Universal or whatever? Park? But that's probably not allowed yeah well because and he, he wasn't mad disney. at disney he was just mad at tony baxter yeah. mm. <laughs> um all right let's do some news what do you guys think okay and you know what's fun is that it's the uh original one because what? yeah so the part of the issue was the soundboard that i'm using no longer works it was like on a trial that I didn't know about and <laughs> and so it wouldn't okay. it wouldn't sync up to any of my things and i'm like i 
So here we go. March in the past. <laughs> the future with wow. The news that's fit to cover. I forgot what this was even like. News. I like the other one. That's no, I like this one. That's definitely faster. Oh, for sure. I miss. I miss like this. A normal announcer guy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's over, and that's it. That's how short it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love the old one. Oh, jeez. You guys are crazy. No, it was like a horror film. I loved it. (laughs) It was good stuff, man. All right, where is my... I liked it mostly because I forgot about it every time, and then it would start. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, we have three news stories. Uh, Each are equally as important as the last. So we're just going to kick it right off with... um, Disneyland, the opening of Disneyland, has been postponed. There you go. Good. God. Hold on. Please, please wait for me to disable our ad blocker, stupid crap stuff. This show's terrible. Well, then you kill that music. God, yeah, I'm going to. No. Yeah, but I gotta wait for things to load, Bev. <laughs> I thought it was an amazing show. I just—I didn't mean it wasn't I personal, know. Taryn. I know it was that. Just I was the, this radio show called Ears Up because nothing ever works. Um, all right, Disney is delaying the phased reopening of Disneyland and Disney California Adventure. Uh, the company said on Wednesday. So this is uh, you know semi-breaking news, everybody, and. Uh, We're proud to report on here. Uh, The resort in Anaheim was set to welcome back guests on July 17th after being closed for months, obviously because of the coronavirus pandemic. The company said that the state of California had indicated it would not issue theme park reopening guidelines, quote, until sometime after July 4th. Mm -hmm. And they say, given the time required for us to bring thousands of cast members back to work and restart our business, we have no choice but to delay the reopening of our theme parks and resort hotels until we receive approval from government officials. Way to be on top of your game, California. I know. I mean, it's going to happen. Like, there's the 4th of July. Like, let's get past the 4th and then we can, like, think about it. Yeah. There were 6,000... Yeah, there were 6,000 new cases the other day in California. Like, yeah. we 7,000 on Tuesday. We have the most. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't need to go to Disneyland yet, bro. Just pump your brakes. We have the most cases in the states right now. Yeah. We have the we highest number, number of one. cases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because people aren't wearing masks like they were talking about in Orange County. No one wants to wear masks because they think it kills people. It's just, it's the, anyway. I've been over and over and over it. Um, once we have a clearer understanding of when guidelines will be released, we expect to be able to communicate a reopening. I'm a Disney World annual pass holder. Tell me Shut why up. it's safe for me. No <laughs> one cares. To go back to Disney. We've done everything it was really can. funny because I thought that was Jeremy. I, yeah, it did. It sounded like Jeremy. I'm a Disney pass holder. Open <laughs> up responsibly. Oh, shut Taking up. A- Bruh. Things are frustrating, okay? That's annoying. That annoys me that that happened. That was funny. (laughs) Whatever. You're funny. I know. Okay, well, so there you go. So that's happening, but they are opening downtown Disney on July 9th. So we will see how that goes. But I, I, for one, I'm I'm glad that they're not opening right now. We don't need to go to Disneyland. There's nothing new, 
at Disneyland to go see. There's no new merch. You don't need anything out there. Stay home, wear a mask, stop going out, stop having house parties with each other, stop getting your stupid haircut because you look dumb anyway. Just stop it. Stay home. Let us enjoy our lives together in six months instead of never because you're dead. Thank you. Yeah. But my favorite part of that whole of, of their statement is yeah. that they're literally like absolving themselves of all blame. They're like, hey, we can't oh, yeah. like this was not our choice. Like they kind of sound a little whiny about it. Hmm. I th- that's that's how I read it when I first read it. And just now when you said it, it's just, it sounds whiny. Like hmm. I didn't like, get that. Really? Like yeah. we're forced. Like we can't open like we have thousands of employees that we would have to work with so we just can't do it yeah so forcing our hand how i took it or perceived it rather was them being like if they could just give us a straight answer we could do our job but since california can't give us a straight answer on when we're going to know what we have to do we can't do it yeah that's sort of how i took it too you know they they want to be safe and it's you know it's very clearly just they need to appease not only shareholders but they need to appease well, not necessarily peace, but they're going to get a ton of crap on social media no matter what. They're going to get a lot of feedback from guests and, and whatever. So And employees, right? CMs too. Um, so they just – they have to – the best way to play it is right down the line the, because they announced the date, but it was never cleared by the state. Right. So it was always a conditional date anyways, and they knew that. So it's – you know. That's, it is what it is. Yeah, that's, that's all I took it as. They're just trying to, trying to you know, come in line. Obviously, they're disappointed. They're losing a bunch of money. But I don't know. We'll see. That's that's what it is. The the chat. A couple people are agreeing with me that they they heard the same thing, mm-hmm. and it sounds passive aggressive to me. Hmm. That's that's the term that I couldn't think of. Hmm. Okay. Um, here's something that I was totally wrong on, and I, and it's happened once before, and I won't tell you what it was. Um, Disney is going to replace Splash Mountain with Princess and the Frog. That I'm all right with this. That is I can't a, even boo loud enough for this. That is officially happening. It's officially happening. Who cares? Inspired by the animation in one of Walt Disney Company's most misguided <laughs> cinematic yeah. works, Splash Mountain, and its imagery rooted in the dated and racist 1946 film Song of the South will soon be a thing of the past. This is from the LA Times. Walt Disney Imagineering unveiled plans on Thursday to retheme the ride to its 2009 animated work, The Princess and the Frog. Splash Mountain, its connection to a problematic text and its future have become a heated social media debate in this moment of cultural reassessment and nationwide protests. A recent online campaign even called for a Princess and the Frog makeover to the long flume ride and yada, yada, yada. Disney said it has long discussed a Splash Mountain reimagining and cited the need for the ride to embrace a fresh, inclusive Concept: The Princess and the Frog was chosen uh, was chosen as the new theme sometime last year," said Disney. "The as yet unnamed refresh will be coming to Anaheim's Disneyland Park, where we more closely tie into the nearby New Orleans Square. The change will also take place at the Magic Kingdom. However, Splash Mountain and Magic Kingdom is in Frontierland, so right. <laughs> I don't know because in 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 Disneyland you can sort of make it work either way. It's it's a, a decent transition from New Orleans Square to Critter Country." Because they're yeah. animals or critters, technically, right in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But in Frontierland, I don't. God bless. I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they should really oh, change Jesus. Critter Country completely. I mean, they should just not have Critter Country. Yeah, but you have... reimagine Winnie? Yeah. Winnie the Pooh? Uh, what are you going to do? find a different name for it. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. There's two things there, and one of them's going away, so... Yeah, so you're going to have Winnie the Pooh, and then, like, meet and greet for the Winnie Hungry the Bear. Pooh characters, and then, um, you know, a couple shops, and yeah, Hungry Bear, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. But that I- area has the best sweet shop in the whole park, though. <laughs> Amen. Just really? Saying. Really? Yes. Yeah, right have? outside of Winnie the Pooh? Oh, damn. What's just dope. What's it different dope. about it than uh, the sweet shop on Main Street? No, it's way it's more variety. So good, really. Okay, all right, and not crowded because nobody knows it's there. Yep, that's the only good thing about Critter Country is that it's empty and nobody knows it's there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm totally okay with this, and not because of um, like the racist stuff. Even though, like, I'm also kind of like, well, yeah, why, why continue having have a ride be based on something that pisses people off. So I, yeah. I'm just okay with it on, on all levels because I just will to be perfectly fair. I don't care about that ride at all. So I'm probably not a good one to, to speak on the topic, but I don't care. And it seems like it's more up to date. It just, it seems like a good move to me. So I don't understand why it's an issue. I'm sorry, I really don't understand why it's an issue because if you look at the fact that Song of the South is a movie that's been blacklisted by Disney itself, they will never uh, they will never release it again, they'll never show it again, but the ride itself sterilized it so much that you cannot, like I, I've been on the ride probably five to ten years before I ever saw the movie and I had no idea what the movie was about. I had no idea that it was that it was racist or or borderline at best. Um, they sterilized it so much. I think it's fine the way it is. And I also think The Princess and the Frog is, number one, not that great of a movie, and number two, not extremely marketable. The only thing they've already done for Princess and the Frog is have a meet and greet for Tiana that happens once a day in New Orleans Square because most people haven't seen that movie. And so you're taking an obs- uh, a, mo- a ride based on an obscure movie where most people haven't seen it, and you're retheming it, about an obscure movie that most people haven't seen. I, I don't think it's necessary. And Maddie in the chat, no, Brittany cannot call in on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't need that kind of uh, pain. And uh, I mean, like, if you want to call in, I don't care. Yeah, so I was looking up a little bit about the Bray Rabbit tales, and they're, they are you know old. They're the late 1800s, where uh, this man sort of collected um, different, tales and myths from around the country at the time and rolled them. Uh, Joel Chandler Harris was his name and uh, rolled them all up into the Br'er Rabbit stories. And and really the, the Br'er Rabbit stories can be traced. Uh, well, here, this is from Wikipedia, which you know is the ultimate end-all be-all. Uh, the Br'er Rabbit stories can be traced back to trickster figures in Africa, particularly the hare that figures prominently in the storytelling traditions in West, Central, and Southern Africa. These tales continue to be part of the traditional folk- folklore of numerous peoples throughout those regions. In the Akan traditions of West Africa, the trickster is usually the spider, whatever, blah, 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 um, the Jamaican character with the same name, Br'er Rabbit, is an adaptation of those stories. Some scholars have suggested that in his uh, American incarnation, Br'er Rabbit represented the enslaved Africans who used their wits to overcome adversity and to exact revenge on their adversaries, the white slave owners. 
so I don't know, man. Like, if if you want to talk about the racial connotations of that movie, you 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 can't you can't look at the movie and say that's racist, but and then not look at the origins of the story, which is what that ride is portraying. It's portraying the Br'er Rabbit stories. It's not even talking about the movie at all, and I don't think it should. I mean, racist or not. I, I I don't know. I can't talk to you about it. If I say it's racist, I mean, someone else is going to say it's not racist, and you should get in this thing about then I would feel bad, right? So I just I don't know what to say about the movie. I don't like the movie. Movie sucks. First yeah, of all, if you ever true. seen that movie? It is awful movie. It makes me uncomfortable with the portrayal of of, uh, of the slaves in that movie. Uh, it's because it's so stereotypically over the top and whatever. I don't it it. it gives me the cr- creepy crawlies, right? So that in and of itself. I don't know if you call the movie racist necessarily, but that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, look, do whatever you want. I'm not going to be upset by this because it doesn't offend me. If it offends the majority of people, then change it. I don't care. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to sign a petition that says, keep Splash Mountain the you know vaguely racist. I'm not because uh, I, don't, I don't care enough about it. Like you're saying, Taryn, I don't, I don't care enough about it. But I think Princess and the Frog is a weird uh, – it's weird, like Terrence is saying. No one's seen it. I just saw it for the first time last week, and it was okay. It was cool. But that friggin' music by Randy Newman, man, woof. It's bad. It's terrible. Randy Newman's voice hurts me. It hurts that movie. That movie needs to be more New Orleans artists. And so if they maybe incorporated that in the ride, I don't know. But even then, from what I understand, they're not going to – the ride isn't going to be – about the movie. It's going to have those characters and it's sort of going to be this own thing, which is what Br'er Rabbit is or which Honestly, is what, what uh, Splash Mountain is. It's not the movie. When I was trying to make connections. It's not the movie. About the, yeah, about with the ride and how they're going to make it Princess and the Frog. They have that, uh, you know, there's that. I think they're just going the easiest route possible so they can keep that big steam. Is it a steamboat with the propeller at the, the yeah, back? Yeah, it's a paddle boat. Yeah, yeah. Steam, yeah, 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 they have the Natchez in New Orleans, which is in the movie. It's just an easy transition. I don't think it's maybe the best transition. I think it's the easiest transition. Cheap and lazy again, Well, in my but opinion. also, one of your guys' arguments was that no one knows Tiana. No one knows Princess and the Frog. Who the heck no song of the south you can't even watch it anymore so yeah. no so that that's like that argument is just gone i honest it's to god not. didn't even know that that ride was based on that movie because i didn't know that movie exists the first several times that i rode that ride right. i was just like this is freaking weird which is fine but also like why would they just waste that kind of real estate for such a for such a popular ride, why would they waste that real estate on something nobody knows what they're watching? They're just watching birds dancing or whatever. Like, okay, well, why don't they make it into something that people know? It, it makes people, it makes sense to me. I don't think people ride that ride for the characters that they see throughout the. They ride it for the big drop and for the fact that you're going to get soaked and the fact that they always have the air conditioner pumped up way too high. Those are when literally the reasons I don't ride it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, that's also the reasons that people will ride it. And I like, yeah, exactly. I like the it's, ride. It's, I like seeing uh, the, the big bear's butt hanging in the thing. And that's it. Same. That's same. It. I li- and I like seeing them all singing together on the, um, on the, the ship, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. boat, the thing. You guys are all going to like the Tiana ride. Just watch. I don't know. Sam has officially said that he's never going to ride it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, look, of course it's going to be great. Of course it's going to be great. But I, I just I can't see the storyline like really. I don't know. I, but again, it doesn't matter. As long as they keep the drop, it's still going to be popular. I mean, it's it's the most popular ride, I guess, in Disneyland. What do you think? Is that fair to say? No. Star, uh, uh, Space Mountain and that, the highest consistent lines? Maybe. I mean, I guess. like Maybe. It's so hard for me to believe because I really just don't like that ride. Like, I don't care about it at yeah. all. Well, and then the other part of it is... That rides animatronics are always broken. Oh, yeah. They're terrible. They're always broken. When was the last time anyone rode it and actually saw everything moving? I don't know because <laughs> it's so infrequent that I ride it. I don't know if that figure is standing still or not. I, I have no idea. Yeah. And, yeah. And let's be point. honest. Like, I don't, I, I don't care about Bray Rabbit. I don't care about the laughing place. I do not care. I think all the characters look cool. I think they did a good job. I like the drop. And just the ride in general... You know, it, it is is cool. So yeah. the other side of that is you can theme it to McDonald's. I'll still right. ride the stupid thing. <laughs> I don't. I don't care that much. I might support that more. <laughs> I was just gonna say Bev would ride that one. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah. Can I get some fries at the end? <laughs> Take me to my growing place. <laughs> I don't know, man. Brittany I don't I told know, but- you you can just dial into the meeting. You have all the information. Brittany is heated. I know. She can just dial in. Just dial in. And this is for real. Like becoming like. A big controversial issue, even though it's already decided, but people are arguing about this. It's awesome. (laughs) They needed something to yell about. Yeah. Well, everything's been relatively calm the past few months, so we need something to rile us up. Well, and this, yeah. And this is something to argue about that isn't COVID and isn't racism. Well, actually, I guess it kind of is racism. So. I mean, that's what people are making it about. And again, uh, I I don't know. Don't ask me. Don't take my opinion if it's racist or not. I I have. It's not my. I don't know. I don't. Well, know. Well, this is what's happening to everything, and I'm and I'm I'm I think I'm okay with it. I think I'm okay with with things um, changing around. <laughs> things changing uh, in the world because um, they stem from racism from racist ideas i'm i think i'm okay with this yeah. even if it pisses me off even but, if it's changing something i like but then you go okay what are you gonna go to the hall of presidents and pull out all the presidents who who you know greenlit uh mm. mass hangings of native americans like uh abraham lincoln for yeah. example like where do, where do you stop doing that and and again i'm not saying that we should keep it change it that's fine if people are offended by it then change it because Disneyland should be inclusive. That's fine. I'm personally not offended by it because I don't care about the source material. Uh, or I don't care about that's from the, the movie because the movie stunk so bad. I'm just happy to see, you know, sort of Disney characters that you don't really see all that often on that ride. So I don't know. I don't really mm-hmm. care. But it's just, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing for me. Yeah. Eh, it's happening, you guys. Okay. It's happening. It's happening, Terrence. Sorry. It is what it is. I mean, <laughs> everyone was up in arms when Guardians of the when Guardians of the Galaxy was announced, and you know, it is what it is. But that I that ride is awesome. It is. Disney does not do a bad job with the retheming. I just think that it's unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. And there's a difference. And this is my point. There's a difference between uh, them saying. We've chosen to retheme it because we think that 
it's a stale concept to have a ride based on Song of the South. There's a difference between that and saying we're retheming it because Song of the South is racist. And so now, congratulations, you have the Black Princess ride. That's what that's what makes it sting a little bit more. I'm like, ooh, I really don't like that. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, I could I could definitely uh, see that point of view. I mean, so, at, at least at least Princess and the Frog was a better movie, and so that's cool. It is a little weird that we're pulling from source material from 2009. Yeah, but then again, you know, so the the argument is, well, I know that you know Disney, uh, you know, IP people don't really like that; they want something fresh and new. But then, um, you know, there's a Little Mermaid ride that just went in a couple years back, so uh, that's older than Princess and the Frog. But that's a classic princess, like. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, Tiana is just not old enough to be a classic princess. I mean, I'm happy with having a princess that can make uh, some gumbo and some beignets. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I, I don't wrong. know. Right. I mean, that movie is okay. What killed me was that trumpet playing uh, friggin' um, alligator man. That was hilarious. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. That's that. That's that's that on that. Right. We've there we go. commented on it. Hopefully, I've made people mad. Oh, I think everybody's mad. I mean, not at you, but just in general. Oh, Brittany. Brittany's in here. (laughs) Brittany just showed up? Uh, Yes. I see her name Where? Oh, I'm so excited. What up, y'all? What up? Oh. Here, let me finish this. Let me finish this real fast. The princess. Show your face. What's up? Come on. You're going to fight me? Show your face. The princess. No, I, I, I said my makeup was off, so I'm not doing it. So is mine. Look. The princess. And Taryn looks fine. Okay, you guys. The Princess and the Frog project is largely being overseen by Carmen Smith, Imagineering's Vice President of Creative Development and Inclusive Strategies. Whatever that means, I don't know. And Charita Carter, who was instrumental in the development of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Um, Smith says, we continually evaluate opportunities to enhance and elevate experiences for all of our guests. Uh, It's important for us that our guests be able to see themselves in the experiences we create. I can really see myself on a space mountain and being an astronaut. It feels really whatever. <laughs> um, so there's a rumor that Tony Baxter is going to be uh, consulting on this. Oh, he's going to jump back in. But you would think but that Disney would space. announce that. Brittany, I can hear myself in your microphone. So maybe you're on speakerphone. Oh, my B. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, that is your B. That's right. Um, you, you would think that if that was true, Disney would announce that. That's something that they would advertise. Tony Baxter's coming on as a creative whatever the heck it is, right? But so that's the current rumor on Diz Twitter. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Brittany, what are you doing here? Uh, I came to fight. Okay, let's fight. <laughs> what do you want to say? All right. I agree with Taryn's points. Like, it's just, what does it matter? If Br'er Rabbit is just irrelevant, then what is the difference of making it a ride based on you know, a movie that I personally love. Um, And I think Princess Tiana embodies so many modern characteristics in what people want in a princess. Like Cinderella, Mm -hmm. trash. Saving (laughs) Beauty, trash. You've got to be kidding me. You really think Cinderella is a good princess to look up to? Why wouldn't she be? She's just sitting there like, I get it. Being kind, great. 
But waiting for a man to sweep you off your feet. That's not trash. what that's about. That's not. That's well, not. Uh, hold on. I okay, yeah. That's Snow White. Right. That's Snow White, I, which is who is also trash. That's not Snow White either. But go ahead, Terrence. It's not. So Cinderella is the best story of doing the best with your circumstances. She had every right to be the top person within that house. And instead, she knew hierarchy. She was a slave and basically for the, for those people, she did what she was supposed to do for her family because that's what she thought she was supposed to do. She was subservient to them. And at the end of it, she winds up winning. That's a great story to hear. And the argument is not that Tiana is not a great story to hear. It's that princess and the frog is not a good movie. That's the argument. But how can you argue that Cinderella is a good movie? She was like, okay, sure, she knew her hierarchy, but she was also pretty weak. She was like, well, just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll live the life that I have and I'm not going to well, bubble myself oh, up to what I deserve. I think a lot of she that. Was like, her father literally died and she was just like, well, I guess I'm just going to. I think a lot of that. Do everything. Is, Guess I'm a servant a kid, now. Bro. I think, she was a kid, bro. I, I think a lot of that is storytelling from back then, too. Nobody knew how to tell stories. If you watch a movie from the 70s or the 60s, and then you watch a current movie today, it's night and day different. So I think some of that boringness is inherent just in how they were writing stories for this new format. So I don't I don't really you know judge them too much on, on how character development, but... I mean, her character's not that exciting, but nobody is in that because those movies weren't necessarily, I think, about the character so much as about the technology. Yeah, but also Cinderella did just get lucky a lot. Like she. So did Snow White, man. I know. But so did Princess- Tiana. Did she though? Like yeah, she, she met she, that she met that other frog. Well, she met the frog and the frog turned her into thing. She met the nice alligator who didn't want to eat him. Uh, there was a whole bunch of experiences. That's part of that's part of the adventure and storytelling is that you survive on luck and and you know moxie, I guess. Yeah. She had also other alligators that wanted to eat her. What's that, Beth? And she was working to 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 do all to get to her restaurant. Like, she had a dream, and she was actively working towards it. Yeah, Cinderella Tiana had is, no dream. She was just living up in the attic, and that was her life. Yes, but you have to remember that Cinderella lost her father at a very young age. It's not like she was 15 years old, and all of a sudden, she was like, oh, as a sophomore in high school, I guess what I'm doing now is dropping off and, and serving all these people. She was yeah. a kid. Also, she was a little kid. Yeah, there, there were they didn't have anything. They were in like some rundown house, weren't they? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't. There was a shanty at that point. He it, it fell into um, what is it? it, it there were people of um, of of high money, and then he died, and everything just ran down. And so, what do you do at that point? It's, it's not that she's weak. She's just living the life that she was given. And a lot of people live that life where they're subservient to it, family. Well, and back then, it's not like they can, she can go to like welding school. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Brittany, I want you to go and watch those two movies again. And then you can tell me if you uh, feel the same way. Which one? Cinderella and Princess and the Frog? No. Or Cinderella and Snow White? Yeah, Cinderella and Snow White. Oh, good luck with Snow White, bro. <laughs> I can't. That was, I know that, that, that movie. Rough. Look, they're, they're bad move. They're not bad movies. They're See? hard to watch. They're hard to watch. Cinderella is uh, is easier than Snow White, though. Snow White is just a drag. Yeah. Well, it also hurt. Like when she sings, it hurts me. <laughs> yeah, that is not natural. 
Like, Who sings better, dogs, me or like, her? <laughs> like you. They think they're you're whistling. Yeah. And Tiana is a great princess. I want you to hear me say this, Brittany, because I know that you're screaming at me inside of your head right now. She is a great princess. That being said, Princess and the Frog is not a good movie. It's just I did not enjoy it. I've seen it multiple times, and I just didn't enjoy it. And I feel as though, and someone said it in the chat, because of when it came up, it came out when Up came out. It was overshadowed. I don't think a lot of people have liked it. And I think there's going to be as much obscurity in the new ride as there was in the old ride because a lot of people haven't seen it. And so that's why it doesn't make sense to me. It has nothing to do specifically with Tiana as a princess, but I'm really surprised that they did not pick a more popular movie or something that's still marketable, something they're still making movies on. I'm surprised they didn't pick that for the rethink. Well, I mean, so I, it does. Th- it, go ahead, Beth. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that your argument, Terrence, is slightly wrong in the sense of wow. it actually is a pretty good movie. Like Disney did a, mm-hmm. if you if you look at it from a different perspective, Disney did a really good job. I've been to New Orleans twice, and the amount of shut up, I'm not showing <laughs> off. I'm just saying I've been I've been Whoa. there. And the amount of like actual like things that they did right are pretty impressive. I mean, again, Randy Newman sucked. Bad. God damn! Someone take but, that like, keyboard away from. There's a lot that they really hit the nail right on the head. No, I, but that's not my argument. My argument's not about the theming within the movie. My argument's about the movie in, in general. But do you My argument is about whether or not someone who goes on this ride, who uh, 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 someone from Idaho who flies out for their vacation and goes on Splash Mountain, whether or not they get all the subtleties of the ride because they love the movie. I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to like, just like that same, right. Hold on, just like this. I'm going to say just like the same person from Idaho coming out probably didn't get the subtleties of Song of the South. They didn't realize that there was um, there was a scene with honey instead of tar. A lot of people didn't realize stuff like that. And so my, my, my point is I wonder why they didn't go with something that was more market, marketable, something that was more well, more. I think you are not giving uh, the princess and the frog enough credit. I think that person from Idaho does is going to recognize it. I think that they wouldn't recognize anything from Song of the South, but they are going to they're going to know Tiana. I'd never seen the movie until 2 weeks ago, but I knew Tiana. I knew even her name when I saw her walking around the park. I th- And I also am going to say that anybody who gets on that ride after seeing that drop doesn't give a crap about the the theming. They're not riding that ride because Tiana's singing in the corner over here. Or the subtleties or the nuances. They're writing it because it's a terrifying water ride. Well, and in the press release, you know, f- let's let's not sugarcoat it. I mean, they are looking for a black princess. They're looking yep. for a representation in the park. They even said it in the press release. There's there's the, the manager of inclusiveness, and they said, we want everybody to see themselves in our rides. That is corporate speak for we want diversity in our characters. So where else are you going to get that except Princess and the Frog? And that's why that's like I said earlier. That's part of the reason why I don't like it. But it's fine. That's why that's that's part of the why not? Isn't that isn't that a good thing? I don't know. It is a good thing, but it's not a good thing to shoehorn it. 
And this feels like a shoehorning thing. But if they've been thinking um, about this for a year, is it yeah. shoehorning? I'm not saying shoehorning because of what's going on in our nation right oh, now. Okay. I'm not talking about the climate of the nation right now. I'm saying we can put this on this ride and we can make it work and that'll be great. And now everyone can see themselves in the park when that's not true either. And Brittany brought up a good point. Where's Mulan? I don't see her on anything in the park. So where are people seeing, where are Chinese American people seeing themselves on the rides there? If you're going to do it for one, do it for all. So well, retheme. I mean, this is a first step though, right? Uh, well, let's it's hope a good, it's a first a small step. World. It's a good first step. Small world. Oh, so. Wow. That's everybody. Everybody's Except there. she's there. She's in small world. Body. Yeah, Dude, they're pushing back. Yeah, I mean the release of. Mulan. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even um, like be opposed to them retheming uh, like the a part of the China Pavilion in Disney World to include something of Mulan. Like I'd be really excited because right now you only see Mulan in Disneyland when it's the Lunar New Year, and I think that's mm. weird and very odd, and I don't. I think Mulan deserves more representation um, because, again, like she's just like Tiana. She has amazing values and she is a modern princess who actually has goals. Yeah. Well, right. Mulan's actually better than Tiana, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. She did do a lot more than Tiana, but I still love them both for sure. I know. I'm just saying she saved a country, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, <laughs> but she had to dress up as a man to do it. And that right there oh, boy, stop, is where I'm kidding. Stop, I don't know stop, anything stop. about You should Mulan. stop it now. <laughs> it's just jokes, everybody. I'm just kidding. Brittany, thanks for joining us. I'm going to kick you off. Or you have to hang up. Goodbye. All right, bye. bye. Deuces. Uh, well, that was cool, I guess. Uh, my final news article. <clears throat> uh, and it's, it's like I said, these three new news articles are equally as important, okay? Uh, Liverpool's 30 years of hurt are over, baby. The Premier League is finally heading to Anfield. Manager Jurgen Klopp was overwhelmed by the emotion of the moment as cop legends instantly branded the team the Immortals for finally ending the three-decade crusade to reestablish their place at the top of English football. The players partied in the night, having gathered at City Center location in the, hopes, uh, in the hope nearest uh, challengers Manchester City would formally relinquish their crown. Uh, confirmation of City's 2-1 defeat by Chelsea at Stamford Bridge sparked jubilation across Merseyside. The night skies ablaze with fireworks and pyrotechnics from supporters and roads reverberating to the sound of car horns with fans under orders to stay off the streets. They don't care. <laughs> the English Premier League is finally back in Liverpool. I just wanted to celebrate and, uh, you know, there you go. That's all I got for you. So how how loud were you uh, screaming at the end of that match? Um, I actually didn't even watch it. I was watching The Wire. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah. Rewatching The Wire. Right. theme song I'll never walk alone ladies and gentlemen not while ears up is still on the air thank you thank you very much all right anyway good job good job uh, yeah we're the winners Liverpool. baby we're the kings of Europe Premier League champions I'm very excited impressive 
It, uh, it was just too bad that, like, you know, so they're playing sports again, obviously, in, in the U.K., uh, but there's, uh, there's no one in the stands. It's just, it's just empty. Very awkward. And so if you watch it on TV, they, like, pipe in crowd noise, which I don't like. I don't know. It's very weird. It's a very weird thing. So this club has waited 30 years to hoist this trophy. And, like, you watch – it's like any other celebration, right? It's not as, like, grandiose or – or uh, pomp and circumstances like the Super Bowl trophy, right? But it's you know it's it's there's no it's a thing, right? And they can't do it this year, and it just I don't know, it sucks. But I'm sure they'll have their day. Yeah. Anyway, the boys. The boys. All right. Um, I think we're gonna get out of here. I also think I have to re-download the outro song because it won't play here because everything's all screwed up. So, oh no, it's working now, finally. God bless, dude. <laughs> I'm screwed up. All right. Well, thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, Taryn, you did a great job. Thank thanks. you very much. Uh, Terrence and Bev, thank you very much for yelling at Brittany. Appreciate that. <laughs> Not a problem. I agree-ish with Brittany. Oh, okay. No, you don't. Ish. Ish. Uh, and don't forget to ask for the 21st Amendment beers wherever you find good craft beer, like DCA when it opens, finally. God bless. Let's go. Um, if you are listening live right now, we are going to take about half an hour to eat some dinner, maybe 25 minutes, and make a drink, and then we're going to come back for the secret show. If you're not a secret show uh, uh, person yet on Patreon, you still have time to go sign up and join us over there in the chat for more good news. I'm probably going to be talking more about Liverpool, so that'll be fun for you all, I'm sure. Good. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, until next time, everybody, thank you, and we'll see you in the parks.